Welcome to another episode of the Beyond Rad Podcast. I am Chad, and this week we changed it up a little bit. It's really, really cool. I got to talk with Peter James, who's actually the owner and president of a record label called Manic Cat Records. So you just listened to a little bit of Right On Kid, which is one of the bands on Peter's record label. And we also previously talked with Andrew Connor, whose old band was on Peter's record label as well. Peter is a super rad dude. He is he's got a really cool story to tell. He's he's been performing music, he's been working with music for, for a long, long time, and he's just got a really cool perspective, and it was really, really fun being able to take a different twist on on the interview because he's now the one in charge of getting the music out there and and helping bands and so i thought this was really cool and i think you guys are going to really enjoy this one so before we jump in really quick be sure to go and check out manic cat records and they just barely released a punk rock christmas album so i definitely think you guys should check that out it actually dropped yesterday so check it out and enjoy the heck out of it and without further ado let's just jump right on in first off thanks for joining the podcast today man it's it's super cool this is a this is a first time um experience for me in terms of typically i'm interviewing the band and so this is a different take on it so i'm super pumped about it cool very very cool yeah man yeah so tell me a little bit about yourself and about manic cat records Oh, wow. Okay, so where to begin? Um, Anywhere. <laughs> little, okay, yeah, I mean, geez. Uh, you kind of leave it open pretty broad. Uh, all right, so the label, kind of give you a little bit of the background. Um, label actually started, believe it or not, back in uh, 2009. Um, okay. It was more of a vanity label. Um, so my band, like, I've been in bands pretty much my whole life, you know, done the whole, you know, Major label route, indie label route, kind of got burned up both. So yeah. got to the point where, you know, we were at a kind of a juncture in our career uh, as a band. And we're like, okay, well, what do we do with this record? We kind of, like I said, had bur- gotten burned from both aspects. Yeah. So we decided to put it out on our own and kind of pool our, our contacts and resources and everything and, you know, put it out under a, a vanity label. Yeah. Um, um, you know, at that point, we were, um, you know, touring quite a bit. We were um, just going on Band Warp for 2009. Uh, awesome. And that was like the last thing my band did on the tour when uh-huh. we had done Warped from 2005 to 2009. Yeah. So, you know, when we got back, we're like, hey, listen, you know, let's like actually make a real go of this and turn it into something more than just a vanity label. Just, you know, obviously just a platform for us to release our stuff. Let's make this legit and get bands underneath us and you know where we're all kind of you know promoting all the bands and you know doing helping each other out kind of deal yeah so you know long story short i mean basically now like our our team like we have about almost 30 people on staff but back then it was basically me doing everything so in in a realm where, like I said, we had A&R, you know, social media, you know, graphic design, you name it, we, we have it. It was basically me doing everything. So <laughs> me doing all that sort of stuff, I was having a full-time job, 
and running a full-time band. So you can kind of imagine. How yeah, that's brutal. That out. Yeah, that's you know? brutal, man. It didn't last too long. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, it was rough. You know, um, I knew like what I wanted to do and, you know, the, the business model. I just didn't know at the time how to achieve it. You know, and I was young still. For you sure. Know, at that point, I was still, you know, in my, at that point, like mid to, yeah, mid 20s at that point. So, um, basically kind of tabled the label for a while. Uh, I was in the corporate world for quite a bit. Um, I come with an advertising and marketing background. Awesome. So I've done, you know, advertising and marketing for, you know, print years and years and years ago. I was working for a music publication. So I learned a lot, um, you know, inside industry stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I've sold and marketed and promoted for, you know, television advertising. Cool. So I know, you know, how important television advertising is and all that sort of stuff. So I've kind of got, on the I run the whole gamut of um, you know advertising and marketing and, and the importance of branding and all that. So um, when I started the label back up again, I kind of knew what I was looking to put together, um, sure. and I had a little bit more of uh, an idea how to achieve it, um, like putting teams in place, having people involved. Where I'm, it's not just me, just kind of behind the curtain. There's um, yeah. you know a whole team, and everybody kind of got their own specialties and tasks and functions um you know and it goes a lot smoother that way and we all have that same common goal to to get a band to that next level and really you know take them as far as we can yeah for sure you know um you know with us now comes a team of about almost 30 people on staff and like i said we have we kind of try to build the label where everything's kind of um, under one umbrella soup to nuts yeah when I put the label together, I was like, okay, well, what would I want as a successful touring band? Like, what would I want, you know, to have? What would I want as, you know, at my fingertips? Like, yeah. You know, to be able to be presented for me to be successful. For sure. So that's what I did when I was putting the, the business model together, the label. So I was like, look, I want this to be like a one-stop shop for a band. I want them to feel that they really don't need anything else. Um, yeah, you know that's, that's not to say that they can't have management and stuff because you know a lot of bands nowadays are leery. You yeah, know, having a, a label do everything, they're like, well, you know, who's looking out for us? Kind of concept. And mm-hmm. I totally get that. Also, totally get that. You know, yeah, so for sure. Band wants a manager, absolutely have a band manager, but these are just things we offer. These aren't mandatory. You know what I mean? Most definitely. Like, there's labels out there that say, hey, listen, you know, you're signing to us, but you have to use our booking team or you have to use our, our agents or you have to use our manager, you know, that's not how we operate. It's more of a service to the band. So, you know, we have our own in-house booking. It doesn't mean they can't come to the table with their own agent or own out of house, um, you know, contacts and stuff like that. It's just more of a a courtesy to our bands. Yeah. Especially, yeah. Especially as you probably like working with a lot of bands, this could be their first record label they're dealing with. And so some of them may not be prepared for, for everything that it takes to, uh, to be successful. Right. Sure. And you know, the only reason why, and and, and we're, I'm going to use booking just because we're kind of talking about it. Um, you know, for that, for example, that didn't get added till later, much, much later on in the business model. We had already signed bands at that time. And a lot of the bands we were finding 
all had a similar gripe about booking agents that they were using. You know, they weren't at a level where they could be at like with Artery Global or, you know, uh, anything major scale. Yeah, for sure. So they were still using smaller time agents that were basically kind of giving them a lot of lip service. They were taking their money, disappearing, booking out a half-assed tour, or just kind of like really not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And yeah. at the end of the day, for us as an entity, as a business entity, if a band's not out there playing to people and, you know, moving product, it really does nobody any good. I yeah. mean, it doesn't do the band any good, and it does, definitely doesn't do us any good. For sure. So that's where, you know, the whole booking aspect came in, because it gives us opportunity. Well, you know, if we can put something in place where we're in control of it, at least we know it's getting done. Yeah. Instead of, you know, trying to rely on somebody that, that it may or may not come to fruition. And, yeah. you know, booking and touring is, is so critical. You for know, sure. Yeah. Fans at, at this level, you know, touring, you know, they need to be touring as aggressively as possible. Yeah. That's, that's very true. Yeah. And real quick, I want to take one quick yeah. step back because you, you mentioned, you know, you went from obviously your band doing everything with the label, going back to mm-hmm. kind of the corporate world and then back to, to, to reopening the label. So how did that transition happen going back to opening the label and starting the label back up. How did that transition happen? Yeah, sorry. I kind of left that out. No, um, no, you're fine. Sure. That, I'm just curious. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. Um, so when we were looking to do that again, it actually ended up being one of the old bands that we had signed, you know, back in 2009. Um, one of the band members was like, hey, listen, you know, believe it or not, I'm thinking about starting my own record label. Any advice? Um, or interested at least helping me out. And I said, Hey, listen, you know, I have everything in place. Let's, um, you know, just pick this back up again. I have a trademark logo, you know, we're incorporated. Yeah. We basically have all the back end legal stuff already to go. Yeah. You know, if you want, we can literally pick this back up again and do it the right way where, you know, we have teams in place and we have people and we can, uh, you know, basically build this up on a corporate scale, but very DIY, you know, yeah. the same token. That's you know awesome. I mean? Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. I love that. That's, I, I'm just, I find that stuff so interesting because I actually have uh, a marketing degree as well. And so I, I find it really okay. cool what you, what you did. And like, I always think that it's so important to take like, you know, take what you learn everywhere and just apply it. And so I think it's, it's awesome what you've done with the the label. And I mean, Let's let's talk about some of the um, the ups and downs, because obviously I I don't know. I don't honestly don't know much much about being a record label or what it what it entails. And so when you start picking things back up and you and your buddy are just like, hey, let's let's do this. Um, how did you get things rolling? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, getting people in place that takes some overhead, that takes some some time. So how did you guys get things rolling sure. again? So, you know, it, it, it's a great question, because you know, we didn't even know where to start because at that point you're like, okay, you don't even know which end is up. You know, you're, you're mm-hmm. just, you know, you have this idea in your head and you're like, okay, how do I actually go ahead and, and achieve this at this point? Yeah. So, you know, we kind of took it step by step. And like the biggest thing was sitting down and being like, okay, listen, what are we looking to offer? What are we looking to, to do? And the biggest thing for me in particular, um, 
you know, I've been in the industry for way too many years that I care to, <laughs> um, to be quite honest, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm fastly approaching 40. Uh, <laughs> it is what it still is. young, man. Still young, still young. <laughs> but I've been in the industry. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. I appreciate it. Um, you know, I've been in the industry, you know, way too long and I've seen something where, you know, there's definitely been a problem. And quite frankly, I don't want to perpetuate a problem. You know, I, Most definitely. I know how labels operate. I know how the indies operate. I know how the indies even try to be like different from the majors and, and be like, yeah, we're DIY. But meanwhile, there's a venture capitalist firm funneling them hundreds of thousands of liquid capital. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're not an indie. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, I don't care how much you try and be like, we're a family. Let's be real. You are a major with like in sheep's clothing. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> come on. You know, like who you're trying to fool. Yeah. So, you know, with, with us, it, I didn't want to perpetuate a problem. I really, and as corny as it sounds, I'm trying to change the, the industry where I, I've had people and I have had, you know, managers literally say to me, listen, I've never seen a contract like this before. And I literally, I, and I, I basically, I'll out them and be like, look, I know you're saying that in a completely derogatory way, but I'll take that as the biggest compliment because I don't want it to be a traditional 360 deal. I don't want it to be a traditional, you know, contract where, you know, the band is basically getting pennies per record. Yeah. I don't see that being fair. Yeah, definitely. You know, and if that means me taking a longer time to get to the goal that I need to get to, so be it. I tell the bands all the time, I'm like, I, I can't shave with my eyes closed. So like, <laughs> hey, integrity is everything. Yeah, like, for sure. And I think that comes down to me being a musician. You know, like just gone down, going down that road before and, you know, not being able to trust anybody. Yeah. You know, even like the Indies, you're just like, dude, you know, you have a smile on your face and, and a dagger behind your back. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, you don't know who to trust. Yeah. And it's uh, a it's a sketchy you know, world out there for musicians. I mean, a lot right. of these the, the hardest part about it, in my mind, is a lot of these musicians are wide eyed, bushy tailed in the sense that they're just living their dream, right? They're living their passion. They're just loving what they're doing. And so whatever opportunity right. comes their way, they want to take the one that's, that sounds the best. And when you've got these people without the best intentions, that definitely, that can definitely cause a lot of, uh, I guess put a lot of bad tastes in the mouths of musicians. And so I sure. honestly, I appreciate how, where you're coming from. Cause Absolutely. it's, cause you understand, you know what they're thinking, you know what burned. they're feeling. Yeah. You've been burned and that's Absolutely. important. I've not, been burned. Yeah. And like the worst thing is, is like, I, I'm not trying to perpetuate that. You know, I, I don't, you know, like I said, if it takes me a lot longer to, to, to make a, a name for myself, well, so be it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'd rather do it the right way. Yeah. And so, I you mean, know, and again, I, that sounds like so self-righteous, so, <laughs> you know, ridiculous, but you know what, that's just, you know, I'm not trying to come across that way. I'm just literally trying to do something different that, that hasn't been done before. And you know I think, I mean? no, I think that's fantastic. I don't think it's self-righteous. I think it's, I think it's aware. Cause I think, um, actually really cool. I actually had Andrew Connor on my podcast and he actually was a part oh, of your okay. label for a while <laughs> with wired for havoc. Yeah, sure and, right. uh, and so he talked to me a little bit, like just privately, he and I had lunch and he was just talking about how like the experience of being on the label. He's like, dude, it was fantastic. And like, it was cool. We had so many opportunities. The band just didn't end up working out. And so I just thought that was really cool. And so one of the things that I'm curious about is 
obviously you've you've started this you've found this passion as well as this desire to change how things are done change the status quo because realistically so many musicians get burned whether that's big or small labels and so how how is it that you're there this is kind of a two-part question first is how are you finding the bands in such a a plethora of music there's so much to choose from and secondly how are you um negotiating with the bands to to kind of help them okay so like the first part of that as far as finding talent um in the beginning it was rough and i don't think i actually ended up answering that part of your question in the beginning it was really rough because i mean when you're a brand new label you have no clout whatsoever yeah you really don't so you're at a point where you know you're you're signing you know friends bands and stuff like that (laughs) yeah like just to kind of start building a name for yourself and start building at least a catalog. And, you know, in the beginning, we didn't know exactly what direction we were going to take. Like we kind of wanted a little bit of something for everyone. I mean, sure. you know, right now we have our identity, but in the beginning, I mean, you know, if I tell you we had a shoegazer band, you'd be surprised. But we had a, <laughs> yeah. a band that was like very indie shoegaze. Yeah. We had another band that was more industrial. Like, okay. we were kind of all over the road. And, yeah. you know, we were still kind of like grasping with like what identity and what direction we were going to take. And then, you know, it really kind of came to a head where I sat down and, you know, I had parted ways with um, my buddy. Uh, he was getting married and all that stuff. The guy that ended up starting the label back up with me and I uh-huh. kind of took the reins full on. And I'm like, where do I want this to go? I mean, where is my passion? Where's my heart at? And honestly, I grew up with pop punk. I grew up in the punk scene. Yeah. I'm from Northern New Jersey originally. Um, I was com- My band was coming up when Census Fail was coming up. Yeah. When Hidden Plainview was coming up. When Drive Through was huge. Yep. I knew Rich and Stephanie. Like, you know, and that was the label that I I looked up to back in the day. Oh, for sure. And they had that whole family vibe. They called themselves a drive-through family. So, you know, for for me, it was like one of those things I could never do this. This is what I want to do. You know, now it's a little different. You know, we built, I think, a pretty decent name for ourselves and we constantly continue to grow and and develop. Um, You know, we have an A&R team. They're constantly scouting bands. Uh, you know, the internet's a beautiful thing. So yeah. we've found bands, not even just, um, you know, stateside, but we've signed bands and we're going to be announcing a new, a new band actually in the coming weeks, um, you know, overseas. From That's the UK. awesome. So, I mean, we've signed, you know, we've signed a band um, from Canada and like we have bands kind of all over the place. Yeah. So it really it doesn't really limit us um, where. Um, and then we get a ton of demo submissions. You know, yeah, and, for and sure. I'm very fortunate for that. So people are starting to see what we have to offer and, and bring to the table and it's different. And, you know, and as far as like kind of answering your second part of your question, where it's like, okay, well, how do you negotiate? What, what do you offer? Basically my first biggest thing to a band is, and you know, what, I, I try and, you know, kind of address the elephant in the room where it's like, look, I get it. I know you're scared right now. I understand you have labels that, you know, I'm not going to mention them specifically that are kind of going to remain a little nameless, but like basically <laughs> screwing bands left and right yeah. um, and still manage to stay in business. And I really honestly don't know how, mainly because of the fact probably that you still have musicians lining up to be signed by them because they're going to be huge. Yeah. And in some way, maybe they're thinking they're, they'll be different, but they've literally screwed every, every major band on their roster. Yeah. So, you know, 
I, I kind of addressed that right out the gate. Um, and, and another thing too is um, our contracts are completely different than every other contract out there. And I've had major um, entertainment attorneys say to me straight out, like, I have never seen this before. This is amazing. This is an <laughs> partnership. That's awesome. Instead of something where it's so one-sided where, you know, they can't believe it, you know, and I kind of yeah. want to disclose like our ins and our outs. Oh yeah, for sure. Like that's, that's proprietary for sure. Feel, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Not a problem. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not us, expecting it, that. It <laughs> yeah. For, for us, what we do makes way more sense for the band to come out, you know, on top and, and everybody's kind of making money. Yeah. You know, as opposed to kind of walking into a deal and you know, any any like label deal that you work with that has, you know, a normal situation in place, you're easily walking into a ten or fifteen thousand dollar price tag. Yeah. You know, you're you're as soon as you sign that deal, you're all automatically ten to fifteen grand in the hole. Yep. No matter how you slice it. Yep. You know, because you have recording costs, you have you know, uh, music video costs, you have all these different associated costs. So before you even release unit one, you're already well over ten grand in the hole. Yep. And at the end of the day, the label doesn't really care. One way or the other, it's a glorified bank loan, and they're getting paid back yeah. one way, shape, or form. Yep. And honestly, that's yeah, that's something that that interesting, obviously, in the industry recently was that whole deal with Taylor Swift and Columbia Records. Um, right. You know, with that, with the what is it, the non guaranteed, basically, if they end up flopping, they don't have to pay the money back. That. Mm -hmm. That seemed to be a pretty darn big deal in the industry because I mean, I've, oh, yeah, I've talked to a lot of people who have kind of gone that route and were about to get signed to a label or whatever. And they realized I'm going to be paying off this debt forever. If like, right. Because you know, for every album that you sell, you make nothing basically. And you're living off of merch right. sales and it's, it's kind of a brutal, brutal situation. And so I, I think it's awesome that you, that you take the partnership route because I think a lot of young kids need that need someone who they genuinely can trust to put their arm around them and right. say, let's go, let's make this happen. Right. And you said something about like merch sales and stuff. Well, nowadays, even with these, you know, these deals that they have in place, they have 360 deals. You're not even making money off your merch. Oh man. You're not even making money off your guarantees. You know, labels have gotten so to a point where, and I get it, they have a lot of overhead. And if you're dealing with a major label, I get it. But there's certain things that you can tighten your belt. Yeah. You know, your major label heads don't need to be making three quarters of a million dollars a year. <laughs> yeah. Frankly, it's excessive. Yeah. You know, you could take a little bit of a pay cut and not gouge your artist. Yep. That's just me personally. And again, and not coming from a self-righteous position, it's me just being from an artist perspective. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you know, but the fact of the matter is, whatever shape, wherever that money's going, they have a big nut to crack. And I understand yep. that. But at the end of the day, the artist is who suffers. And they don't realize the artist is the one that's perpetuating their careers yep. and making them money. Yeah. So it's like kind of biting the hand that feeds you in, in, in some sort of weird way. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, well, and it's taking care of your, your moneymaker. Yeah. And it's interesting because um, a lot of, I feel like it might, I don't know, obviously, the uh, the attitudes or the thoughts. I can't speak for any of the labels or anything like that. But it does feel like they they feel like uh, them as the labels feel like the bands are almost um, 
replaceable, right? It's like, well, well, I can find someone else with that same amount of talent and we'll just let you pay your loan back and we'll sign someone else and kind of perpetuate this, you know, kind of create a musician's bubble where, where now they've got all of this, all of their income is now just bands having to pay back this kind of like excessive debt. And these bands are all just kind of like screwed. Well, yeah, that and also the fact that they've completely um, eliminated any kind of risk on their end. Yeah. It's like, you know what? You you want this band. You got to take some risks, too. That's what life's about. Yeah. You know? and, and I understand there's, you, you know, again, a big nut to crack and budgets are, are crazy. But, you know, for them to last, they got to get creative. Yeah. And that's where I feel that that's where we fit in, you know, because our model is so so different uh-huh. and, and like i told you before you know it kind of like takes everybody a little bit taken back like anybody that's antiquated with the traditional method yeah kind of like what the hell is this <laughs> like what kind of what kind of contract are you giving me is this a joke like you know i've gotten that i've yeah. really gotten that from like seasoned managers and i'm like man you know what this is what we're doing i'm not trying to perpetuate the problem i'm trying to change it yeah you know so for me, it's a good thing. It, it, that, you know, and honestly, I enjoy when I get these people pissed off at me because that means <laughs> I'm doing my job. Quite honestly, and that's just the way I've been, you know, yeah. I don't care. I'll piss off people like that in the industry. Because that's the New Jersey the in you. People that need to be removed from the industry. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that is also the musician in me. You yeah. Know I mean? It's like the, you know, the punk, the punk rocker. Yeah. Like, yeah. Man, save the empire kind of nonsense. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, but like these people are have such an antiquated mentality and it's like, you know what, man, kind of broaden your scope a little bit. You need to broaden your scope or else you're not going to laugh. Yeah. I think you there's know? a lot of people who get stuck in the status quo because they think, well, sure. obviously it works, right? They, they, they act like, well, it's been working, but they don't see all the dead bodies in the path. Right. Like right. they don't exactly. see the problems that have, yeah. yeah, they don't see all the fatalities in the wake of, of these writ labels. And like, I, I don't know, like I, there's, there's so many times where I, I wonder, Oh, I wonder what happened with this band. And then they're on like a, a little label. And I'm like, man, I, it's always something in the back of my head as I started getting into like, um, like my business degree and understanding a little bit more, started researching a little bit more. I was like, I wonder how many of these bands actually made enough to, to really be sufficient, you know? And it's still a question that, that I don't know. I I don't know if a lot of kids nowadays or adults even realize, man, my favorite band, they haven't made music in a long time. It might be because they can't afford to anymore. I mean, look at some of these bands that you, you think that like, they're pretty much living the rock star life. Um, you know, that they've been on a warp tour. They've done major, they've, they've toured nationally and internationally and been, um, on major labels through major distribution and everything. And they come home and they have like a real estate job, Yep. you know, and, yep. and it boggles my mind. I'm like, like what, <laughs> you know, there's so many bands like that. And, and you don't realize that until you get older, until you're just like, okay, you know, I get it. The big machine is just, eat, you know, eating you up and spitting you out. Yep. And you're just, you know, you're just there to just kind of try and survive at this yeah because you know what are you gonna do you've already signed and you're kind of in too deep yeah what do you do yeah and i mean it's it's not like it's uh the i mean you don't have the rights to those songs you don't have the rights to to the distribution so you can't control your destiny even 
because the right. the label has the control. And so I think it's I think it's really cool that that uh, you know you're taking that kind of honestly it's like a mantle a responsibility right like to uh, to kind of look out for the rising generation of music because it is such a different world with digital music. Um, obviously things have been shifting for a long time, but Spotify and Apple music have really, really shifted things. And so, um, kind of looking from that perspective, what has that done, um, with your, with your kind of, uh, efforts in terms of being a, a, a label, how, how have like Spotify and Apple music changed things for you? I mean, it's a positive and a negative. It's a, you know, and I think every label will tell you that it's like yeah. a double-edged sword where on the one side, yeah, you know, everyone's focusing on streams and Spotify playlists and, and all that sort of stuff. But Spotify being what it is and, you know, your percentage that you're getting, I mean, these artists are basically making nothing. I mean, you're talking mm-hmm. like 300 and I think I might even be like, you know, over, you know, overstating it, but, you know, talking about 300 of a penny yep. per stream. Yep. And it's just something that's just not okay to me. You know, meanwhile, there were record high profits as far as a publicly traded company goes. So it's like, again, they're benefiting on the sweat of the backs of all the artists. So <laughs> yep. no, I don't see that as being fair at all. Yeah, you definitely. Um, you know, I'm a little bit more of a traditionalist, you know, but again, you know, physical unit is definitely dying. It's still a billion dollar industry, but it's not a $5 billion industry what yep. it once was. Yeah. So, you know, we are still kind of trying to shift with the times. You know, for us, we would rather go in and we've just recently partnered up with uh, a distribution company that really gets us and we we absolutely love them to death. And, and they're a, a big proponent of um, indie uh, retailers. Awesome. And, and putting physical unit back into the indie retailer. And That's so cool. And we've quite a bit from that already. You know, we've been with them for probably about like a, a quarter already. And I, I just love what they're what they do. And honestly, it I couldn't pick a better distribution partner than them because they, they see what we're about. They see the value in our artists. It's not just, I'm not taking a meeting and basically them saying, okay, what are your Q1 numbers? What are your Q2 numbers? What are you going to finish <laughs> up for the end of the year? Where are you forecasted to end the Q4? What are you projected for 2019? There was none of that. Yeah. It was like, all right, what do you see? You know, it was more of a, a creative meeting. It was more of a conceptual meeting. Yeah. And it was a breath of fresh air. And I'm like, all right, this is who I want to work with. Yeah. This isn't a company that's going to sit there and basically dictate to me like, okay, you're not moving enough units. You need to get your shit together and, and figure out what you're doing because otherwise we're going to drop you as a, as a partner. Yeah. You know, you know, it's, it's stressful enough for a band. For sure. Everyone trying to breathe down their neck. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, that's where I feel like your experience kind of can help that band. Right. It, it with the distribution and stuff, you can, you can kind of be the, the um, positive kind of helper there rather than the bands having to, I mean, obviously they have to, to still do their part, but instead of having to worry and, right, and stress course. about it, that's where you come in and can, can take care of that. And obviously you negotiated the deal with the distributor and, and uh, honestly, like those little indie shops, those are some of my favorite. I don't have any near me anymore. Right. And it's like such a bummer because it was like back in the day when Tuesdays were the release days, like every Tuesday I was right. in there looking at every new album right. and I purchased way too many. 
And the indie retailers love that sort of stuff. I mean, we have a global deal now where we reach not only the a national level of indie retailers, but an international. And That's in cool. our genre, you know, the the Japanese market and the UK market, they love pop punk. They yeah. love our genre. Uh-huh. It's huge over there. So, you know, for us, it just made so much sense in so many different facets. Um, you know, and then I mentioned before about drive through it was kind of kismet where one of the owners of, of that, uh, of our district, of our new distro company was working with drive through years ago. Yeah. Um, he was with MCA records when drive through had merged with MCA for distribution. Yeah. He was working with MCA. So he worked with Richard Steph very, very closely. That's awesome. I know what you're trying to do. I know what you're trying to achieve. I know how you want to brand. I know the direction you want to take. Let's do this. Yeah. So for me, it was, it was a no brainer. That's that's awesome. Yeah. He he just gets us like right off the gate. And that's so important. I feel like, I feel like that's something that, um, that is understated sometimes is that intrinsic value of, of like your mission statement or your, your mission as a whole, like your, your value proposition, right. For your company, because Mm -hmm. yours, unlike a major label, yours isn't just to, to turn rec, you know, obviously the, the goal is to get a bunch of records sold, but yours isn't just to turn a profit. It's to, it's to really develop musicians and develop the industry and like you said, you know, around the world, the industry is really strong. I think the U.S. is starting to pick up again, but like Canada and the U.K., Australia, Japan, mm-hmm. those markets are huge for pop punk music still. Yeah. Or actually sure. probably bigger than they're they've awesome. ever been, honestly. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing for us is like it's a cultural thing, too. So, I mean, a lot of fans are very much an I mentality. And I no one's going to look out for you, but you, yeah. but yeah. you know, with us, it's like, we've signed bands and I love this. Like all our fans interact with each other. That's awesome. They all like, you know, talk and they all like want to be on tours with each other and they all want to grow together. And it's like, you know, they have that same mentality and that's why it takes a while to sign a band because if a band's going to sit there and tell me, Hey, we want this and we want that. And, and, you know, we want to work with XY producer. Meanwhile, we haven't sold more than 100 copies. And, you know, they, they, they basically want the, star, the stars on the moon. I'm like, yeah, you don't get what we're about. Yeah. Um, I don't want to work with you. <laughs> so for us, it's super picky. Like, it, it takes a while for us to find bands that, like, get it. Yeah. In my mind. You know what I mean? That, that understand that there's life beyond the advance. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, for for us, it's it's one of those things where it's hard to explain a band because if a band has any kind of experience, that's what they're expecting. Yeah. You know, so you got an uphill battle right out the gate trying yeah. to be like, okay, this is why it's different, and this is the reason this is what we bring to the table, as opposed to just throwing a bunch of money at you, hoping that you know you do something. Yeah. You know that it sticks. Yeah, you know. See, so that's that's it, interesting. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to just be a giant bank loan, basically. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You want to be an actual partner to them, and there's obviously, right. obviously, 
you know, when you've reached out to a band, you've obviously found potential. You found them marketable. You found their sound to be, you know, something that can sell. Of course. And so there's obviously that in like you have a there's there's that that mutual part. But the fact is, like, I love that that it's so important to you cult to have that culture from every facet of your business. And I think that's so cool because now when someone says, yeah, I'm on manic cat records, you know, what kind of band that is just like it was with drive through records, right? When a right. band was like, I'm a drive through record exactly. band. That's what we're you, trying to achieve. Exactly. You know what you're getting, you know, the quality and you know, right. the, the passion and you know, just the sheer awesomeness of music that you're going to get. And I think that's, that's something really, really important because it gives a band an image, right? Like something that they can be proud of on top of just being the band that they already are anyway. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, for me, um, we were fortunate enough, we were on the last year of Bands Warp Tour um, for 2018, and it was an amazing opportunity for us. We had a blast. Yeah. Um, you know, and we did it as a label, obviously. We were venting and everything. But the biggest thing for me was I was 3,000 miles away from home, and I had random kids coming up to me like, oh, my God, you guys are on the tour. You guys are such a big label. You guys are huge. And I'm like, thinking to myself, <laughs> like, huh? not really, man. I mean, nah, like, you know, we still kind of grind like everybody else. But yeah. All right, cool. So clearly it must be doing something right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. Ride On Kid is, is crushing it. I, I mean, they're like, I think they're probably yeah. the the big band on your label. And I mean, they're, they're crushing it just in uh, terms of reaching out. Crushing it. The anchor is huge. The anchor is definitely our biggest band on the roster. Currently. Awesome. Like they are killing it. You know, they, they were our first, um, breakout breakthrough band that, uh, charted on billboard. Okay. Um, awesome. First week on heat seeker, which I thought was amazing. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, and it just gives us that much more, clout where you know all our bands are going to be getting to that point which yeah. is terrific you know what i yeah. mean so um and if you like right now kids first record man i was listening to their new ep coming out um you are going to be floored i'm excited they had the privilege of working yeah they had the privilege of working with beth henderson who uh was knuckle puck's um producer oh man oh, God. awesome rough that are blowing my mind that's so cool and these are just rough unmixed rap, uh, <laughs> that's so, so exciting you know, man you're you're gonna be floored you know you're gonna be like what the hell is that <laughs> like they're just going to turn so many heads when this new ep drops i'm i'm pumped that's yeah. awesome that may i'm i'm yeah. always so excited when when bands continue to just pump out great music and they start working with even better producers and and they start yep. they start kind of like you know, taking those, those risks, I guess you could say to, uh, to like sure. just push themselves harder and, and try more and do new things. I think it's such a cool, a cool thing for bands to do rather than just play it safe and just, you know, do the same old thing. And so I'm pumped. I think that's awesome. And, uh, one of the coolest things, honestly, yeah. about Great. what, you, how you just spoke was, was just the, the enthusiasm that you had. I think that is so, so cool because, um, I I've mentioned this guy like a hundred times on my podcast. I swear his name is Gary Vaynerchuk. And he, uh, I just, mm -hmm. he, he talks about, he's like, wouldn't you rather, you know, make less money and live your passion than make a ton of money and, and do something that you're just like, meh about. And I'm like, I see right. you and I'm like, I don't know how much you make and I don't care how much you make, but I see the passion and it's, right. it's palpable. And now you're, you're passing that on to all these 
bands and they can, there's just, there's an energy that can come from that. And I think that's just something that more, more people need, right? They need to choose something that's going to do that for them. And I think it's just super sick that you've done that with your, with your record label, honestly. Appreciate it, and you know what, man. Part of that comes from honestly uh, uh, living that corporate lifestyle and being so miserable, and just being that small little cog in the big machine. Yeah. Where the the best day of my life was when I quit my day job and I do this for a living. This is my job. I put in probably fourteen to sixteen hours a day, but you know, at the end of the day, it's 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 my passion, and it's something that you know I, I feel strongly about. Yeah. So, you know, I love going to work every day. Not many people can say that. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's for a lot of people, you know, they're like, well, I have something when I get home that makes me happy. It's like, yeah, that's, that's good. Right. But I mean, what about the fact that you're really realistically living for like 60, you know, you're living for 25, 30% of your life. That's all you're living for. (laughs) And that's not, that's not very much to to live for. Is that work? Yeah, exactly. You spend so much time at work and like if you're living for the weekend, you just really you have no there's like there's no point. Right. And so I think it's cool that that obviously you've broken that and you've broken out of that because we're in a world where, you know, there's expectations on on people's shoulders. And it's like, yeah, you know, you can if you if you are happy going and working in a system that that rewards you for, you know, you know, hours worked and, and, uh, keys typed, go for it. But if you're not happy, why stay? Because we're in a world where there's so many opportunities in so many different places. You've got to take advantage, you know? Absolutely. And you know what, with me, it's like, I'm so fortunate. Our team is so dedicated and, you know, I wouldn't be able to do it without the team and my wife, you know, my wife is super supportive. Yeah. She, you know, is not only my wife, but she's also a partner of, of the label. So yeah, for any sure. decision, any major decision, we always ping each other. That's awesome. So, I mean, it's one of those things where it just kind of works for us, you know? So, yeah. Um, having the support system is huge and, and it, you know, it, it would definitely not I didn't have the, you know, the huge support system around me that, yeah. we, that I have. So. Yeah. That's, I just think that's so cool. And, uh, man, like I just keep thinking to myself, I'm like, all right, so he's, he's got this label started. He, he starts finding some bands, starts seeing some success. Mm-hmm. Where, where do you go from here? Realistically, you know, and a lot of people have said that, cause especially you kind of get that towards the end of the year, you kind of start getting reflective on yourself too. It's like, and I always bring it upon our team every, uh, every year. I'm like, okay, what can we do better? Yeah. What can we do different? What can we do better? What can we bring to the table and constantly keep ourselves, keep challenging ourselves. And the biggest thing for us is to just keep growing, just to keep signing new talent and putting new bands out on the road and getting people's names out there. And constantly, like, the more bands that we have out on the road, the, the bigger everybody's getting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, again, it's it's a we mentality. Yeah. So much an I mentality. Yeah. That so, makes a lot of sense. For, for us, is just to kind of keep growing. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so, just, I mean. Oh, go on. No, and for us, it's like, I, I would love to be, you know, we have about, I think, 12 current active bands right now. I think my, our goal at the end of by the end of 2019 is to double that. Oh wow, that's pretty that's pretty yeah. massive step forward, man. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And so, uh, are you looking? Like our, our, 
are you looking to like expand are is it all going to be pop punk is it going how are you like are you looking to to maintain one genre what's the the plan there not at all so you know the big thing for us is that you know a lot of labels and a lot of labels fall into this pitfall where you know and it, and it makes sense like i i get it so like you sign a band they they break okay cool let's replicate that formula and repeat that four or five different times yeah because yeah. we can keep we can keep the cycle going and a lot of labels do that and you know that's something that we're not you know it's so hard for a band to get that little bit of sunlight in general yeah. within the market the last thing i want to do is to have bands fighting within each other on the same roster yeah that same little bit of sunlight yeah that makes but a that lot of sense. sense yeah that makes complete sense so so for us it's like we're always going to be looking for for bands that bring something unique to the roster and unique as far as sound so you know one of the new bands that we sound uh, that we just signed um that we're going to be announcing probably before the end of the year um they have an old school '90s alternative rock sound, believe it or not. Awesome! So totally out of left field, but <laughs> I love it. it. Yeah, sounds amazing. The entire team was behind it. The guy literally sounds like um, the lead singer from. Uh, do you remember the old '90s band? They had uh, Nine Days. They had that one hit song, "Story of a Girl." Yeah, this is the story yeah. of a girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got it. Yeah, exactly. So that's the type of sound awesome totally out of left field like yeah if we're going based on what we're you know typical like to sound like and to sign that is something that we don't have yeah you know what i mean so we're always looking for something that is unique and kind of broadens the scope i mean we just signed a ska band we just announced that you know a couple <laughs> ska's weeks making ago. its return um, man <laughs> yeah man uh, and they're phenomenal for the record is absolutely unreal love those guys yeah um, solid group of dudes and just phenomenal musicians and just super super talented and so well grounded down to earth and just, you know yeah such good people it, yeah it makes you know being a good person and being able to work with somebody just makes it all more worthwhile oh yeah you know what i mean like, yeah for sure want to put 110 percent into somebody that's going to be appreciative and going to actually do something with it, like take the ball and run with it. You yeah. Know? You don't want to, you don't want to have to baby someone. You want to kind of right. show them the way and say, all right, let's see, let's see you take off and run, you know, let's take off right. the training wheels. Let's roll, you know, cause, cause if you, right. if you have to baby them, what's the point in putting them on a label, they're going to have to, you know, you're gonna have to just, it's like you're, you're, you're doing, you're in a band again. <laughs> right. Well, I told, I, and I tell all these bands, it's like, look, you know, our job and our function is to take as much off your plate as possible. Though so there's a few things I can't do for you. One, I won't write your music. Two, I won't play your instrument. And three, I'm not going to tour for you. Those are all <laughs> the things that you're responsible for to, to be a successful band. Get out on the road. Go. Yeah. You know what I mean? We'll take care of the administrative nonsense and the backhand stuff and, and all the boring stuff. Um, and you just be a musician and you be creative. That's, That's awesome. Can't do for you. That's fantastic. You know? And I honestly, I feel like I feel like with that, people have when they don't have to worry about all the monotony. Some people love it. Like for me, I love business stuff. But for some musicians, they, they don't get it or they don't care to, to to do it. They don't like numbers. They don't like whatever it is. Now you've given them the freedom. Yeah. 
now you've given them the freedom to straight up just do exactly what they you know for a fact they love because they're in a band and now they have that full flexibility full freedom to just run full bore and it gives them kind of that clarity in mind to write better music and to try new things and to go to new places and it's i just think that's liberating for these bands because you know in an in a different scenario kind of like we were talking about earlier they're locked in right they're they're kind of they kind of just signed away their future until they pay it back and that's that's stressful and it it's stifling on creativity absolutely absolutely how can you be creative when you have that looming over your head exactly that's something i always tell the bands i was like look guys not for anything you know when you're signing to us you're not signing your life away but you know on the flip side you're not going to be able to quit your day job you know what i mean so it's like with the good comes the bad you know what yeah. I mean? it's not like you're you're going to sign this deal and you're going to get like a five hundred thousand dollar advance and you quit <laughs> your job and live like diddy it's not going to happen yeah but, you know <laughs> in the same token you're not going to sell your soul to the devil himself yeah and that's i mean each each band has to kind of make up their mind right on what they what they prefer and it's i mean the thing about it is it's a sacrifice either way to be a musician nowadays. It's a sacrifice. It's rough. It's tough. It's difficult. Yeah, it's, it's not easy. Yeah. I mean, you know, I look at, I look at bands that are, are quite large now and like some of those individuals, like, you know, as it is, I mean, there's like Patty was, was literally making probably more on YouTube than he is now, but he's actually able to live his passion now. And so it's, it's yeah. interesting because they're there. It's just a different world. And I think, I think there's so much talent out there and I think it's awesome what you're doing to, to encourage it and to help it bloom and blossom because, um, I just, it makes me excited to hear what, you, how you talk about it because that passion it's, it's contagious. It's going to pass to everyone and everyone's going to get excited. And especially in the small industry, you know, cause every, every time I tell people, ah, listen to pop punk and they're like, so you're a perpetual teenager. And it's like, yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> yep. And I'm okay with that. yeah, I'm totally cool. fine with that. I love, I love the genre. I love the, the fun, the energy, the camaraderie right. of it. I just think there's so much power to pop punk and I think it's a great thing. And uh, this makes me really excited about the future of the genre because, you know, leaving in the hands of someone who is just some corporate bigwig doesn't really give me a lot of excitement. Not that I, you know, it's just that those people, they, they care less about the band and more about their pocketbooks. And so, yeah. yeah. And it's not their own fault. It's the fact that it's a publicly traded company and they have shareholders mm-hmm. and there's a whole lot to it. Yep. And I don't blame people. I, I mean, money's great, right? right? Like a lot of people want to make sure. a lot of money and live a great life, but it there's, there's just something awesome to me about, about choosing passion over profit. And it, it's just cool. Like, right. obviously, you know, you still have to be profitable, but I just think it's awesome what you're doing. So thank you. <laughs> No, no, dude. You know, it's one of those things where, or you know, it's just always been what I've wanted to do, and you know, I'm fortunate enough to be able to do it. And you know, I want to be able to, you know, help the bands that you know get it. You know, at the end of the day, yeah, you're either going to be a band that gets it, or you're going to be a band that doesn't get it. And if you don't get it, that's cool. We're not the label for everybody. I'm not sitting here saying. You know, we make sense for every single pop punk band or hardcore band or emo or 
alternative band out there. It's, that's most certainly not the case. Yeah. But, you know, the bands that get it really get it. And they're like, well, damn. Like, what yep. you're offering changes the landscape tremendously. Yeah. You know, and it's almost like a little bit of a, a, a of like a secret. Like, we kind of have like an inside secret, basically. Like, you're kind of on the inside or, you know, or you're yeah. not. You know yeah. I mean? Where there's like, oh, you get it. You know what I yep. mean? So, um, it, 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 it's super fortunate. And like, it, it's almost like you see the light bulb go off. Like, when you're explaining like what we offer and how we operate and what we do and how we run things. And obviously, you know, we're, we're trying to be a profitable company as well. Too. Yeah, you know, of course, of course. As well, too. Yeah. Like, you know, at the end of the day, the bands get it. You yeah. know what I mean? They understand our liabilities because the other thing is too, there's no shroud of secrecy. We are super transparent. Yeah. There is like nothing that is not like explained uh, in detail. That's fantastic. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, and the other thing is our contracts are 10 pages long. They're not like 40 pages of legal <laughs> that yeah. I don't even understand. Yeah. So that's intimidating for a band in and of itself. Yep. I've been on the other end of it where I'm like, uh, I can't understand this. And, you know, our, our lawyer was trying to explain it to us. And I'm like, I still don't get it. Yeah. I don't feel comfortable signing this. Yeah. Like, you know, how can I sit there and, and do that to, to a band? I can't. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's something that, you know, is a level of comfort, I think, you yeah. know, that also comes along with what we do. Yeah, for where, sure. You know, everything's explained, you know, um, excessively to the point where they really understand what their responsibilities are and what we're bringing to the table and what they're bringing to the table. So, you know, I think that puts a lot of people at ease. Oh, most definitely. Uh, you know, I think it helps everybody. Yeah, because I mean, if a band if a band can't hardly afford to uh, to pay for gas to get you know down the road, how are they supposed to afford an attorney that can translate this crap right. for them? And it's that's not very right. fair. Tell them <laughs> no, and I always tell them, look, have it looked over by an entertainment attorney just because. Because you know what, you you have to, you know. Yeah, I, just regardless. Have it looked over, but you know, at the end of the day, uh, I, I'm pretty happy because every single entertainment attorney has always come back to us and said, "Hey, listen, this is one of the most fair deals I've actually ever." Seen. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> so obviously, we're onto something. Clearly, yeah, for sure. Well, man, I I am super pumped to see to see where things go because I I love to hear what what you've been saying and I'm excited to hear the bands that you're signing on that uh, cool, man. that are going to be announced and um, just as we as we close um, anything that you want to say to uh, to people listening well we actually I didn't plug this yet if it's okay I'm oh of course this is a great time to plug <laughs> yeah okay cool so I'm going to shamefully plug um, we have a, a Christmas record coming out um it's going to be called uh, A Very Merry Punksmith. And awesome. It's going to be coming out December 21st, which is like right before Christmas. So, you know, you can kind of pick that up and get into the holiday spirit. We're going to have some original music and some covers of some cool standards. Awesome. So uh, it, sh- it should, be, should be a lot of fun. Uh, the band had a lot of fun recording and tracking and everything. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. We've been kind of, on the fence about putting one out for the last couple of years and we finally pulled the trigger on it this year. So we're, we're all really excited about it. That's so, so cool, man. I'm excited. Cause I, 
I um I was actually talking to someone at work today about I was like, you know, I love this Christmas song. I just want to hear it from someone else because I don't want to hear the reg the, the original ones anymore. <laughs> and I've I've I'm always like combing the internet and I'm finding like the Jimmy World version or I'm finding the you know, right. I'm trying to find all the all of the the non radio versions, right? Like Anne Berlin when they did uh next Chris or uh, last Christmas. It's like, yeah, this is this is what I'm this is what I'm looking for, you know. And so so I'm excited There's for that. So many times yeah, there's only so many times you can listen to Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas." Exactly. <laughs> yep. That's that is so true. It's just it it gets to a point where it's almost like unbearable. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. But uh, you know, so we kind of uh, are doing our own thing. So you know, hopefully everybody digs in. Hopefully everyone picks it up, and it's going to be available digitally. Um, you know, on the twenty first. We are having a release party in the New York area on the 22nd, um, where we'll have some physical copy as well, too. But, um, you know, everybody else can, can pick it up digitally. That's um, awesome. You know, through, you know, the local, the local uh, digital retailer, you know, yeah. your, your typical Spotify, your typical iTunes type of stuff. So. Well, awesome. I'm super pumped. And uh, thank you so much for joining me, man. That was a really fun conversation. I'd love to... Uh, to touch back in a, in maybe like six or 12 months and see how things are going. Once we get to those 24 bands sure, instead man, of 12, absolutely. man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it was a lot of fun talking to you, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me.